0: No matter why you showed up, whether it's because you you know you love RUF or um, someone invited you or a cute girl invited you and so you showed up, like we're glad you're here and you belong here because this isn't about being a part of a social club. It's not about being a part of RUF. This is about Jesus and Jesus invites every single person here in the room and you're here. So welcome. We're glad you're here. And um, I want to introduce, this is kind of an interesting night because this is the precise 23rd anniversary of RUF at Washington and Lee. So that's kind of cool, you know, yeah. And, and on this particular night, we have uh, the couple who actually, God used to found RUF at Washington and Lee here among us in the back. John Pearson, Laura Pearson, there they are, yeah. And so, you know, they're not, they're not going to make it about them. I'm not going to make it about them. We're thankful for their work. And a lot of people who have been, a lot of students, a lot of staff, who've been part of what God has been doing on this campus through RUF for a long time. And so let that just serve as a reminder, like, what God's doing in this place is bigger than any of us, but we get to be a part of it. And he could use you to leave a legacy on this campus that lasts for decades. And I find that awesome. So we're glad you're here. Okay, where are we going tonight? Who is this weird guy up front talking with the dad shirt on? What is RUF? Why are we here? Who am I? What is RUF? Why are we here? Okay, so who am I? My name is Willis Weatherford. I'm the campus pastor here with a ministry called RUF. If you came by the welcome table, you probably heard me say RUF is a Christian ministry on campus. We're here for Christians and non-Christians. We're here to help you figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus while in college. There's more to say, though. Um, uh, RUF is a nationwide, actually worldwide ministry on lots of different college campuses. Um, RUF is student-led, mission-driven. It's a community of people on this campus, and we're glad you're a part of it. Uh, to go, I'm skipping ahead of my notes. To go back to like, me, because I love talking about me, guys. It's awesome. Um, I have a wife, Mary. You'll see her on campus sometimes with my three kids, Judah, Juniper, and James. Judah and Juniper are boy-girl twins. They're very cute. I mean, James is too. Uh, James is hes also cute. James, if you're listening to this in the future, you're also cute. Uh, It's like a uh, podcast recording. So just so you know, if you cough, it's going to be recorded for eternity. (laughs) No pressure. Um, Yeah, but um, the main thing I want you to know about me is that I'm not a good person. But Jesus loves me. And I love him. And that is changing my life. And the, the main thing that I want you to walk away from tonight is knowing or thinking or like interested in the possibility that Jesus might love you in such a way that it would change everything about your life. That's the goal. So, um, more about RUF. We try to take the Bible seriously, but not ourselves. So this is not a place where you have to come and like have it all put together. This is the come where I want you to be able to come, breathe out, take the mask off, and just... Be yourself. Whether that means being grumpy or cheerful, whether that means having makeup on or off, whether that means sweats or slacks. Do people are still wearing slacks? Chinos? I don't know. Come as you are. Um, I hope that you feel welcomed here, and if you don't feel welcomed here, it's not your fault. It's our fault, and I'm sorry for that. But I want every single person here to feel welcome, and you do belong here. Okay, that's me. That's UF. Why... What is this about? Why are we doing here? Why should you come back week after week? That's what I'm going to spend the rest of my, my time on. Normally, I preach. The whole time, it's like a sermon. I try to make it interesting. This is like, I want you to like, I feel like we owe it to you to tell you like what the point is here. And the rest of the time, I'm going to tell you why you should come back every week to this, to a small group, to a meeting with me or Anna. So why should you get involved? Fair question. Let me answer starting with a story. So, true story. Uh, Whitehaven... In the, in the United Kingdom, anybody been to Whitehaven? I don't even know where that is. Yeah, we don't know. It's somewhere in England, I guess. Two British skydivers. Okay, they're members of the British Army's Red Devil Stunt Team. That's got to be the coolest thing to be a part of ever. The Red Devil Stunt Team, and they experienced a mid-air mishap when their parachute. One of their parachutes failed. Okay. Not a good situation. So Corporal Wayne Smallhouse's parachute fails to open at only 2,700, not 1,000, 2,700 feet above the deck, above the hard, hard ground. For those of you who don't know much about physics, that's 18 seconds of fall time before he's just done, okay? So 18 seconds from the ground, he's free falling, and then in comes his buddy, Corporal Mike French, performing a difficult dive. I don't know how it works, but he's diving to get his buddy and wham! Grabs him, gets him, uses his own parachute to slow the descent so that they both survive. And they both survived. They did, that's awesome. Uh, the other thing is Corporal Mike French, he said of the incident, I'm gonna try my terrible British accent. We realize something's not quite right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no kidding, Mike. Like, give me a break. They make it safe to the ground, right? One of the audacious claims of the Bible is that you are like you are like Wayne Smallhouse, the guy whose parachute has failed. You need saving. Your parachute, the way that you manage your life, the way that you feel OK in the world, whatever troubles or problems you have, the way that you kind of eke by with those. Or even like the successes and the image and the academics that you pile up in order to like stand on and be like, yes, I'm okay in the world. The Bible says all those things, you're a parachute, that's a bad parachute. It is no good. And that the consequences of a failed parachute deployment in this life are way more dire, way more consequential than we often feel. We feel like, okay, you know, I don't make the grade, that'll be hard, I'll have to work back up, no big deal, but... God's word is saying you're actually missing out on something way larger, way better by leaning on all of those things, your own parachute, instead of what? Instead of what? Another another audacious claim of the Bible is that Jesus is kind of like Mike French, if I could say that. Jesus, he realized something's not quite right. And he came in to save you, to do something, to get something done for you that you couldn't get done, for yourself. And he did this, and this may sound weird to those of you who are not familiar with church. Maybe it should sound weird even to those of you who are familiar with church. Is that Jesus did this by becoming Jesus, the God man, around 2,000 years ago in Palestine, a town called Bethlehem, and doing stuff on this world that somehow Romans says, Romans, this book we're going to preach this fall, somehow it applies to you. And it makes a huge difference. In your life okay so according to the Bible according to Romans it turns out that salvation salvation that word that you've heard in church maybe is way more dynamic way more potent than you may have realized it's not like this kind of one-and-done like okay I guess I'm saved now like now I kind of continue on the rest of my life it's it's multifaceted there's impacts in your life that it takes you a whole lifetime to figure out and understand and start living into. There's joy and freedom and hope that you've never realized, even if you've been saved for years and years and years. And Romans is all about that. But let's be honest, right? If you came here tonight, whether, you've, whether this is your first time ever showing up to the Jesus y type thing, or you've been going to church and youth group and stuff for your whole life, we may have questions for Jesus. Right, like this is W L. This is where you come to like ask good questions and learn how you're asking maybe even the wrong questions and ask better, harder to answer questions. So what are the what are the questions we have for Jesus? Some of them. My life seems pretty good. Like, do I really need saving? If I'm a Christian, why does Jesus seem so boring? How can I believe the Bible when it has such outdated views and, and claims that such crazy things are true? Even if Jesus really did those things, how could that make any difference to my life today? These are valid questions. And the thing that I love about Romans, this book of the Bible that we're gonna be preaching through this fall, is that it takes every single one of those claims very seriously. It doesn't shy away from them at all. It tackles all of them head on, and it never blames you for asking them. Maybe you've been blamed in the past for having like, doubts and questions and not being really solid. Romans doesn't do that. God's okay with you having questions. God actually expects faith to not be that easy for you. And so he put this book, Romans, in the Bible so you could ask. It actually teaches you like, no, no, here's the really hard questions that you should be asking of God. Let's answer those together. So quickly tonight, I want to read just two verses from the start of this book. So a little bit of context. Romans is this letter written by an apostle. Uh, Apostles are these guys who actually lived with, saw, spoke with Jesus, right? Paul is one of them. And he wrote this letter to people in Rome, Romans, right? Christians in Rome. And so the whole thing is a letter, and he starts the letter like any other letter, kind of introducing himself and then saying a few introductory things to them. Real quick before we go to this passage, which I think, is it printed on there, Anna? I think Anna it's printed on there? Yeah, it's on there. Before we go there, why are we going into the Bible? Is it just another, like, one of the grab bag of holy books, we actually believe, I'm inviting you to believe, even if you don't, that the Bible is God's word to us. That it truly reveals him and is therefore trustworthy. The only like infallible way that you can actually know Jesus. So that's why we're going here. You don't have to believe that, but I'm inviting you to like explore that with me as we read this passage. So, verse one. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, Set apart for the gospel of God. Okay, so Paul, the author of this letter, he's introducing himself. And he says that he's set apart for the gospel of God. Gospel just means good news. The Greek word is euangelion. Those of you classics people who are studying Greek, you get that you, good, angelion message, good message, good news. The gospel of God. So this gospel that Paul is talking about belongs to God. It's God's gospel. The gospel of God, which opens up the possibility that there might be other gospels. So I want to ask you, what's your gospel? What is your good news that you brought in here today? What is the most important thing in your life as a student at WNL this fall semester? So fill in the blank, okay? Diagnostic questions. The best thing that could happen to me this year at WNL would be what for you? The time in my life when I felt most at peace was when I had what? The reason I'm not happy is because I don't have something. I'd be destroyed if I lost fill in the blank. As long as this thing happens, my life won't be a failure. When everything is going wrong, I turn to what is it? I feel worthy as a person because what is that thing for you? That's your gospel. That's your good news. That's the best thing you have in this life. I hope it's Jesus. <laughs> i got to be honest with you. I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian a long time. There's a lot of other things in Jesus on that list for me that I turn to, that I hope for, that I look for. <clears throat> Those things are your parachute. And we feel like if you can pack it just right, if you can jerk the cord hard enough, it's going to work. It's going to inflate, and you're just going to be okay for the rest of your life. The next couple weeks, Romans chapter one and two, is devoted to helping you critically evaluate your own parachute. To get really curious about it and be like, is it maybe not actually gonna do what I want it to do? Is it maybe not actually gonna save me? Can I rely on it? And then Romans three, throughout, three through eight, the next five chapters, where we're gonna spend most of the time this semester is when the good news comes in, right? They're devoted to showing you the many ways, the manifold ways that Jesus' good news, his gospel is so much better than what you've got going on right now. It's so much better than the other things that we turn to and try to piece together to make ourselves okay. Some of those things. What your true identity is, how you can discover it, where you belong, how you can be set free from this endless march of performance and perfectionism that all of us find ourselves on. What's your purpose is, and how you can live into it. To put theological language on it, which we're not going to do a whole lot of theological language, but for those of you that know what these words mean, adoption, union with Christ, justification, sanctification, our inheritance in Christ. Like, these are cool things. And it's all because He loves you. Every single thing we're going to talk about this semester, Jesus shows us because He loves us. That's where the passage turns here. As Paul concludes his introductory remarks, verse 7, To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The first and loudest thing that Romans wants to say to you is that God loves you. Jesus loves you. If you walked in here tonight and um, you know that's news to you, you felt like God was angry with you because of something that you did, or um, discuss with you because of something you did or something that was done to you. Maybe just kind of low-level disappointment with like, man, I spent so much time on you and now you're not really following me. Romans is saying to you, listen, we're going to talk about who the Romans were. This letter to the Romans, not good people. <laughs> and Paul says to them, love. The first thing God wants to say to you is he loves you. You're never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. You're never so good that you're beyond the need for God's grace. So, my invitation to you is dig in here, guys. This is good. This is worth really sinking your teeth into. Join a small group. Like, join the group meet. Find out what the small groups are. Come to fall conference. If you need a scholarship, we can pay your full way. Just tell me how much you need. 50%, 75%, 100%. Get you there. It's going to be a smorgasbord of the gospel. Come back to large group next week and every week after that, set up a meeting with me or Anna. Maybe if you're like, okay, this whole RUF thing, a little weird, they're singing weird songs, not super into it, not my vibe, that's okay. I would love to meet with you and just see where you are at and where you find a question for Jesus. Let's talk about that. Talk to me afterward. Let us, let me, let Anna point you to Jesus because he loves you. So thank you for coming. Thank you so much for coming. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We just barely dipped into it, Jesus. I'm so excited to get into the rest of it. But I pray that even just these brief, tiny little snapshots, snippets from Romans, You would convict our hearts of Your goodness and Your immeasurable love for us, Jesus. That is. It changes everything. It changes everything in my life, Jesus. And I want that for all these people. So don't let us walk away from here without a a nagging question in our heads. Like, what if it's true? What if it could become more reality in my life, even if I believe it is true? We just look forward to more time in your word, Jesus. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.